3: Thanks for tuning in and welcome to IMRU Radio
2: Magazine,
4: the nation's longest running lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender radio show. Out
2: front and out loud since 1974.
4: I'm Abby Dees.
2: I'm Wenzel Jones. I'm Ms.
4: Barbecue. And And I'm
2: Steve Pride.
4: And we are in the bonus round. Bonus round. That's a bonus round. Bonus round. Ding ding. Of the KPFK Spring Fun Drive, and I know you're thrilled. But we have a really, really entertaining, informative, and provocative show for you tonight, so please stick with us.
3: We'll share my conversation with Michelangelo Signorelli, Sirius XM radio host, iconic LGBT activist, and author of numerous books on our movement, including his latest, It's Not Over. Getting beyond tolerance,
5: defeating homophobia, and winning
3: true equality.
5: We'll be asking for your financial support tonight just because you like the show and the station. But that doesn't mean we have no thank you gifts for your pledges. Uh uh-uh. have thank you oh, What no? have we got? What yes. have we got? Well,
3: Abby, what have we
4: got? Well... You can be a member and just know that that feels really, really good. And
5: Which, that's a mere twenty-five dollars. That's a
4: mere twenty-five dollars. $25. And $25. The, you know what you get? You get our gratitude and and you the get fact to vote
3: that that in, in the station elections too. And that's coming up. We're having elections this Yay, year. Well, so up on
4: that one.
2: And for fifty dollars, you get a KPFK T-shirt, coffee mug, tote bag, and a member yeah, or member's or benefit. you don't get it or right. oh sorry or a member benefits card. Hey, and it's We're amazing poor. how many
5: discounts you can get with that card. Yeah, totally. You just have to look it now, up. Now for seventy-five dollars, you can get your own personal copy of It's Not Over, Getting Beyond Tolerance, Defeating Homophobia, and Winning True Equality by Michelangelo Signorelli, plus a valuable add-on. What's that? That add-on would be... A CD from the Gay and Lesbian Studies Vault. Nice. And it contains things like the 1979 March on Washington, an interview with Quentin Crisp, an interview with Christopher Isherwood, the Harvey Milk story, which you've heard on this show. That
4: really yeah. is like times. all of American <laughs> gay it history it is. in Hours a box. Long. It's up it is.
3: Hours
2: long, it's amazing. Give it's it amazing.
4: to your homophobic relatives and they will no longer be homophobic because they will be so moved. Download be it
5: so, on. So, so that's Download for $75. Yes. What do we get for more? Now for $100 you can get Frank A Life in Politics from the Great Society to Same-Sex Marriage by Barney Frank. Yes, the infamous congressman himself and the add-on there is Me. the interview with our own Abby D. She did with Barney Frank but it's the entire interview a whole a hour, hour of Abby and Frank Frank and Abby. <laughs> There's the sounds show like a Netflix Abby. show. I know. Abby and
3: Frank. <laughs> well let's 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 talk honestly about the future of this show and the network. For this show to continue, we need the network to continue. We need the station to continue. We need to keep the lights on. We need to pay for the water and the power and everything else that goes in with running a a business and a building and a radio station. Although it doesn't include
5: us. We're actually coming to you free of charge. This is our
4: thank you gift to you
5: (laughs) every week. We is- are <laughs> we are your gift. We are your gift, we'll boo. Yes, this is an important resource because how many gay terrestrial radio shows are there out there? I can't think of any. Mm. Mm-hmm. No, not in L.A. Series doesn't count. No, is no, yeah, it's that's f- not terrestrial? What? No, it's That's not. Awesome. I know. I mean, right. you, so can, you
4: can
3: get a $4 transistor radio at the 99 or what What's a dollar, I guess? I it say. is a dollar. A transistor radio, <laughs> and you can stand outside of the Home Depot or whatever, and you can mm-hmm. listen to this show. You don't have to have one of those fancy satellite radios That's to hear right. us. And Why you do c-
4: I feel like this isn't actually working for, for us? We're in the future, too. We're on the web. <laughs> We're, We're not just a transistor radio in front of Home and, Depot. And, 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 and speaking of the future,
2: <laughs> we also have a telephone number here. It's 818-985-5735. 818-985-5735. And Call it, live it, learn it. And we'll a... be repeating that. And yes. while
3: you're dialing, we're going to go to the national and international news from This Way Out.
6: I'm Chris Ann Eastwood.
0: And I'm John Dyer V.
6: With News Wrap, a summary of some of the news in or affecting LGBT communities around the world for the week ending May 30th, 2015. Greenland this week became the 21st nation on the planet to open civil marriage to lesbian and gay couples. Parliament in the world's largest island nation voted almost unanimously on May 26th, with two members not voting, for the freedom to marry. About 57,000 people, most of whom are Inuit, called the autonomous nation home, although it's part of the Kingdom of Denmark. Greenland adopted civil partnerships in 1996 in accordance with Danish law at the time but legislators in the world's least densely populated nation decided to hold on to their civil partnerships law when Denmark embraced marriage equality in 2012. The Arctic nation did pass anti-bias laws protecting gay people in 2008, and the first Pride event was held in its capital and largest city, New York, in 2010. The marriage equality bill was introduced in Greenland's parliament in February. The legislation, which reportedly includes adoption rights, will come into effect on October 1st.
0: Last week's historic landslide vote for civil marriage equality in heavily Roman-Catholic Ireland has turned up the heat on politicians in other countries. In the most Roman-Catholic country in the world, and the only nation in Western Europe without any legal recognition of same-gender couples, Italy's Prime Minister Matteo Renzi vowed this week to push for a vote on a civil unions bill within the next few months. Recent public opinion polls show overwhelming support for extending partnership rights to same-gender couples. But the legislation has failed to advance since it was introduced last year. Meanwhile, not much for understatement, a top Vatican official called last week's pro-marriage equality vote in Ireland a defeat for humanity.
6: But members of heavily Roman Catholic Poland's lower house of parliament, the Saim, voted this week against debate on the civil union's proposal. The issue was also dropped from the chamber's agenda in December, and there were three other failed attempts before that. Less than a third of the MPs, 146, voted to open debate, while 215 voted against. 24 MPs abstained, and 75 were not even there to vote. Agata Haber of the country's campaign against homophobia complained about conservative politicians who say that Poland is not ready for civil partnerships, let alone marriage equality. That is a lie, she said. Poland is ready.
0: Rejecting a push by opposition lawmakers, a spokesperson for German Chancellor Angela Merkel has told reporters that marriage equality is not a goal of her administration. Members of Merkel's coalition government did agree this week to make small changes to Germany's existing civil unions law, but unyielding opposition from within her own Christian Democratic Union Party means that marriage equality won't be coming to Germany anytime soon, even though public opinion polls show solid support for it.
6: A coalition of more than 50 of Australia's largest businesses took out a full-page ad in Rupert Murdoch's The Australian newspaper this week, calling on their government to open civil marriage to gay and lesbian couples. The impressive list of signatories includes Qantas, the SBS Television Network, Telstra, Fitness First, KMPG, Google, the Football Federation Australia, and Westpac. Greens Senator Sarah hanson young and Opposition Labor Leader Bill Shorten each announced plans this week to introduce marriage equality bills in Parliament. Liberal Party Prime Minister Tony Abbott is, by most accounts, the country's most conservative head of state in modern times. And despite the lobbying of Christine Forster, his out-lesbian sister, Abbott has not softened his strong personal opposition to marriage equality. He's required all Liberal Party MPs to vote as a block against previous proposals to open civil marriage to same-gender couples. But there were also reports this week that Abbott may allow his party's MPs to vote their conscience on the next marriage equality bill that comes before them, which most analysts say would all but guarantee passage.
0: In other news, Jamaica's government is thumbing its nose at recommendations by the United Nations Human Rights Council that it repeal its so-called buggery laws, which criminalize private consensual adult gay sex. Justice Minister Mark Golding told Jamaica's Senate this week that there were recurring recommendations made by some member states that did not enjoy Jamaica's support. I assured the Council that the Constitution of Jamaica guarantees basic human rights to all Jamaicans, he said, and that several initiatives have been put in place to better understand the concerns of LGBT communities.
6: Kazakhstan's Constitutional Council this week rejected a proposal modeled after Russia's No Promo Homo law that would have banned the promotion of non-traditional sexual relations in order to protect children from information causing damage to their health and development. The bill had already passed in the Senate, but the council ruled that it was not in line with the constitution of the Republic of Kazakhstan and that the wording of the bill was unclear. Some observers believe that dumping the bill may have had more to do with global politics than supporting LGBT rights, however. The International Olympic Committee has been lobbied by tennis legend Martina Navratilova, Olympic diving champ Greg Louganis, LA Galaxy soccer star Robbie Rogers and more than two dozen other out and supportive athletes not to consider Kazakhstan's bid to host the Winter Olympics in 2022 if the Russia copycat bill became law. Almaty, Kazakhstan's largest city, is vying with Beijing to host the 2022 Winter Games. The winning city is expected to be announced on July 31st. That's news wrap for the week ending May 30th, 2015. Produced by Steve Pride, written by Greg Gordon, and recorded at the studios of KPFK Los Angeles.
0: Follow the news in your area and around the world. An informed community is a strong community. News Wrap from This Way Out is brought to you by you. Help keep us on the air and in your ears at thiswayout.org, where you can also read the text of this newscast. For This Way Out, I'm John Dyer V.
6: And I'm Chris Ann Eastwood. You can hear all 30 minutes of
0: the latest This Way Out,
4: including News Wrap, on Stitcher Radio On Demand, on iTunes, or at thiswayout.org.
3: Well, I hope everyone's taking advantage of um, these lulls that we're giving you all this wonderful content to pick up their phone and call 818-985-5735.
5: That number again is 818-985-5735, and the last letter spelled KPFK if you're that kind of person who has the patience I'm to spell kidding. things out on and the phone. All over to the floor, why should they do this? Why should they do this? Because without money, we won't exist. And we're fabulous. We've been on this station
2: for 40 years.
5: And Pacifica itself is a unique radio entity that if it disappeared one day, there would be nothing to take its place.
2: In essence, it's the right thing to do. It's the right thing to do. I mean, we've been around for a long time. We brought so much information to you guys and we love you and we want to keep doing what we're doing. So it's almost the right thing to do. You know, when you see someone in trouble, you want to help them. Well, you one know. of my
3: friends said to me, well, Steve, your station is always in fund drive. And I had to explain to her, the reason for that is we are actually funded and powered by the people. By we the take people. no exactly. money from corporations.
2: Or the government. that's when you
3: start doing that. Exactly. It colors and changes your reporting.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It, it, you yeah, have more, more say to bring the news that you think the people will need. To, actually, bring the news that the people need to hear.
4: And one of the things I love about us is that we want all points of view. We're very into even stuff that's controversial, stuff that where there may not be community agreement. We want it out there. We want to bring it to you. We seek it out because that conversation is so much more relevant than sort of a prepackaged, you know, media sponsored kind of or, you know, commercial sponsored sort of conversation. This is a real conversation we're having.
3: And the things that we have on this show, this year we've had some amazing guests. We had Barney Frank just a few weeks ago. Yes. 11-term congressman?
4: Oh, you got me on forever, the spot. I want to I say 13. <laughs> but recently, I
3: sat down with activist, author, and serious XM radio host, Michelangelo Signorelli, to talk about where the LGBTIQ movement has been, where it's going, and his new book, It's Not Over, Getting Beyond Tolerance, Defeating Homophobia, and Winning True Equality.
4: And it went something like this.
1: I'm Michelangelo Signorelli, and I host every day the Michelangelo Signorelli show weekdays on Sirius XM Progress 127. I'm also editor at large at Huffington Post Gay Voices, and I have been a journalist and advocate covering LGBT issues for 25 years. Hey, Mike, you have a new book. What's it called, and what's it about? It's not over getting beyond tolerance, defeating homophobia, and winning true equality. It really is a title that packs a wallop, but had to really kind of lay out exactly what it is that this moment is about and try to telegraph to people in a title something they may perceive or maybe hadn't thought about, but that they should think about. It's pretty amazing how often in this movement, and I think we could go back many years, have thought that we had arrived only to be woken up by a horrible moment. Of course, I think the most dramatic example of that was the AIDS epidemic. People really had thought they'd come out of the closet, they'd had a sexual liberation movement, they could dance on the dance floor all night, they (laughs) were visible. And then AIDS came and they realized, wow, people hate us. They despise us. The government isn't saving us. The religious right is determined to exterminate us. And so I think we've had these moments in the past. And I was trying to warn, and we're not unique to it, every movement has it, that this is another one of those moments. And I think Indiana and Arkansas certainly was a splash of cold water in the face to a lot of people because they not only saw the religious right backlash, but they did see debates pop up in their own families, among their own friends about, well, shouldn't people have the right not to serve someone if their religious beliefs conflict with that? And I think because we won the media battle with that, and the big business rose up, and the governor was forced to backtrack, some people think that was a victory. And again, I try to say to people in this book, you have to zoom out and look at the fact that they've been working on this religious liberty campaign for a while. I go to the Conservative Political Action Conference, I go to Values Voters Summit, I saw them crafting it. And they operate through trial and error, and they operate with the idea that they're going to lose battles. And they rely on two things, rewording and retailoring and rebranding these bills, and luck. And the luck part is they know the media is very fickle. They know big business is very fickle. They even know LGBT activists will be sleeping on the job. So they rely on that. And if you look at the real trajectory of these bills, Arizona, that was a trial balloon that didn't work last year. Jan Brewer vetoed the bill because the media really focused on it. The Super Bowl was threatened. The NFL was threatening to pull out. But a few weeks later, the media shifted to ISIS or whatever they shifted to, and Mississippi passed one of these bills very quietly, and the Family Research Council saw it as a bill that will definitely allow a wedding planner or a bakery or whatever other business not to serve gay couples. The ACLU was warning about it, but there was no attention paid to it, so they passed it in Mississippi. And then three weeks before... The Arkansas and Indiana debacle over the Religious Restoration Freedom Acts, Arkansas passed a horrifically draconian bill that rescinded all local anti-discrimination ordinances for LGBT people, and it also made it so that you can't pass any. And they did it in a way that some legal experts believe will be able to withstand court scrutiny, because it doesn't mention gay people. The Supreme Court had ruled you can't target gays in the Romer v. Evans case when Colorado tried to do this. They passed a ballot measure that rescinded all the local ordinances. But this new wording doesn't mention gays. It simply says any group that is not already protected statewide can't be protected by a local ordinance. So it was a very crafty reframing. And my... Warning in It's Not Over is they got it done and nobody was paying attention. And three weeks later, we had then the Religious Restoration Freedom Act, which in Arkansas was overkill because they'd passed this bill anyway. And everybody was celebrating that big business came out. But if you look at the big picture, they did pretty good, the religious right. Yeah, they had a failure in Arizona. Yeah, this Indiana thing was bad PR. They still pass the bills. It's still broader than the uh, Federal Religious Restoration Freedom Act. But uh, then, then they got this bill passed in Arkansas. So they did pretty good, and now they're moving on to Louisiana and other states. That's what they do.
3: But I have relatives in Indiana who say that gays are just too intolerant of intolerance. Are we losing a PR battle with more moderate Christians? I think
1: that sometimes it is... Just bad planning on our part where we focus in on one particular business and make them out to be the bullies and the scapegoats, and sometimes these people, they're the true believers, they really feel like they are victims and they get a lot of support when we should be focused on the people who cynically plan these bills, the people who exploit the uninformed and uneducated opinions of some of these other people who we sometimes target, we should be really targeting the people like the Family Research Council, Alliance Defending Freedom, all the groups that create these bills and then rely upon exploiting the true believers who really do feel that their religious freedom is threatened and need to be educated about it. So I think sometimes we don't go about it right. But I wouldn't say that that means we should not be confrontational and we should not be challenging because that's what I think is a trap. People say, oh, we look harsh. We should pull back. David Brooks, the New York Times columnist, wrote a column during that week of Indiana saying gays should lower their tone. They're winning. And I think that's a mistake. It allows a space for the backlash to organize.
3: Well, this is Steve Pride, and if you're enjoying my conversation with Michelangelo Signorelli and like to hear more of this sort of progressive programming with diverse voices, with LGBT icons and people, ordinary people, talking, then you need to pledge and support it by calling 818 985 5735. That's 818 818- nine eight five five seven three five a reminder for a pledge of seventy five dollars we will give you the book it's not over getting beyond tolerance defeating homophobia and winning true equality and we're going to throw in the from the vault cd of gay and lesbian studies It's ten hours of gay history from the pacifica archives now back to michelangelo signorelli the gay agenda has been set more and more by the large nonprofits. were they on the right track to assume that Don't ask, don't tell, and marriage were the top
1: priorities for all of us. I think people sometimes confuse what the agenda was of the large groups and what the agenda of the grassroots has been. The large groups certainly co-opt issues, particularly the human rights campaign, once they see victory and then they want to own it. So marriage and don't ask, don't tell really were not the priorities of HRC going back fifteen and twenty years ago. They were focused on ENDA, the Employment Non-Discrimination Act, which we still have not gotten passed, with its very broad and dangerous religious exemption. And I argue in it's not over that marriage was driven from the grassroots. Sometimes movements have to go where the energy is. People wanted to get married. It started with the Hawaii case and Legal advocates helped them and moved that ahead. And in the beginning, HRC and these groups were just totally in a panic because they said, this is going to cause a backlash. We're trying to get into past, and you're asking for this outlandish thing. And it's going to you know, be crazy. And yes, it did cause a backlash. Hawaii passed a, a, a bill that allowed lawmakers to define marriages between a man and a woman. The Defense of Marriage Act was passed. Bill Clinton signed it. There was certainly a backlash, but you sort of can't slip in the back door. You know, you have to move forward and demand your rights, and there will be a backlash. The question is, how prepared are you to fight it? We can all go back and debate. They were all in a panic and ran away. They could have battled better in Hawaii, they could have battled better with Bill Clinton. Nonetheless, it needed to happen now, later than, and the same with Don't Ask, Don't Tell. That was story after story of military per- person you know, thrown out of the military and really pushing on this. Um, as there would start to be victories, and as you saw some softening among conservatives, certainly on Don't Ask, Don't Tell, then these groups like HRC sort of take it as, oh, this is our issue now, marriage. But that really wasn't their issue. And now, okay, marriage is done. Don't Ask, Odell is done. We need a federal civil rights bill. And as of just last year, they were still pushing the same enda that they still haven't gotten passed. It's interesting what the groups try to do in corralling the grassroots when they should be letting the grassroots lead and being the facilitators. And I argue that everything we have won has been because of the grassroots. And the grassroots activists and people across the country coming together have really been the ones—they are the ones that got President Obama to stop defending DOMA in court. They are the ones who got him to put Don't Ask, Don't Tell on the agenda. People chained themselves to the gates of the White House. People interrupted his speeches. The HRC wasn't really—they were accommodating and excusing him and apologizing, not just President Obama, but all the Democrats. For a while there, they had not just the entire Congress, but a short period of a supermajority. They got the hate crimes bill passed then, but there was a lot more they could have gotten done.
3: David Axelrod revealed in his new book that Obama was always for marriage equality, despite his earlier statements. That there was no evolving, just revealing.
1: Yeah. And that just tells me that, especially with our allies, we cannot allow them room to not advocate on our behalf because, oh, we should be very aware of how they have to maneuver in Congress. We need to be demanding it constantly. And I think every other progressive cause now looks at what LGBT activists did and says, damn it, we should have done that. Environmentalists are saying... We should have been protesting from day one. Now, when we were protesting from day one, and it started with Rick Warren, right, (laughs) being brought in as the uh, guy who gave the invocation at the inauguration, they were saying, oh, this is terrible. Give the guy a chance. Well, they gave him a chance, and he didn't get stuff done. Then they started protesting finally, Keystone and, and other issues. The DREAMers as well, I think, and immigration activists saw what the gay rights activists were doing, and they got very aggressive and did the right thing. Now it's sort of the opposite with Hillary Clinton. They're pushing hard on her, and we're sort of, you know, the gay rights groups are all sort of backing her without even getting any uh, promises from her.
3: Is Hillary Clinton the best we can do or just the left's best chance of winning?
1: Look, I think if Hillary Clinton is going to be the candidate, let's make her the best Hillary Clinton she can possibly be. And that means making the case that it's not just a nice thing to do to support a full and comprehensive civil rights bill, but it is something that will galvanize the base of your party because she's gonna have to galvanize people. I don't care what any of the polls say. You have to get people excited. You have to get them out to vote. President Obama realized that in 2012 and came out for marriage equality. She's gotta get people excited. And also now it's something for the Democrats to use as a wedge against the Republicans. They're badly split. There's an impulse among the Democrats and among progressives to like, okay, now the gay thing. Now that it's you know, it's okay. Let's just keep quiet about it. Like, no, no reason to talk about it anymore. No, now you can use it as a weapon against them because they're split.
3: Well, this is Steve Pride. There's still more to come. But if you've enjoyed my conversation with Michelangelo Signorelli so far, and you'd like to hear more of this sort of progressive LGBTIQ programming, the same program we've been offering here for this our forty-first year, isn't it, guys? Oh, yeah. it
5: feels like. Thirty. Well, that's just... <laughs> that's just, that's just,
3: that's just that's so it's just weird because we're all like
5: 24. I know.
2: in my 20s again. It's well, the
5: Enchanted Studio. If you want
3: to hear more programming like this, and not just what we do, but Sonali in the Morning, Ian Masters in the Afternoon, mm-hmm. Feminist Magazine, Access LA, and so many amazing programs on this station, please call your support in right now to 818 985 Three, five.
5: And I'm Wenzel Jones and you can get the book written by the man that Steve Pride is talking to, Michelangelo Signorelli. It's not over getting beyond tolerance, defeating homophobia and winning to equality. He's truly one of the more articulate people in our community and I'm sure the book is a ripping good read. It's a, it's, a, it's wonderful. <laughs> and I've known Mike for like 20 something years I guess.
3: Mm-hmm. Wow. And he never disappoints.
5: He's he's I listened to him on um another Radio Network. And he's a, he's a fascinating person to listen to. But if you're more of a political beast, $100 will get you Frank, A Life in Politics from the Great Society to Same-Sex Marriage by Barney Frank with the add-on of our Abby interviewing Barney Frank for a full hour. And can that woman talk? And I think it's Sometimes. one of the best interviews- I'm talking we, about Abby, not it's Barney. It's been one of the best interviews <laughs> we've
3: had on this year. I know. I it's... expect awards this fall.
5: Yeah. Oh, all right. I'm going for
4: it. Okay. Nominate. And I'm Abby Dees. And- Sitting here with my wonderful colleagues, we were just talking about these wonderful interviews that we have regularly, Michelangelo, Signorelli, Barney Frank. We've been doing, well, Pacifica has been doing this kind of radio, fearless and intelligent radio since 1949. And so if you can give us just anything that you can right now, you're supporting an amazing legacy, and we're going to keep it going, and we're going to keep it going for years to come.
5: Here's another fun thing you can do with your phone. If you just text KPFK to 20222, 10 bucks, 10 little bucks, or as they like to say, two cups of coffee.
4: What is that number Two cups of coffee, where? You just, oh, no, wait, no, sorry. KPFK, I you
5: text that to 20222, 10 bucks. And while we would like to have somebody give us 100 bucks so you could get the Barney Frank book, if 10 of you would just text this little number,
4: 10 bucks. It's all the same to us. I know. And right. that means we've got that many more people saying that they want to hear this kind of programming. It
5: for... couldn't be faster or easier. And how many times you get to feel good for just 10 bucks? Or if you can cough up $25, please become a member of the station and be a supporter that way. You get voting rights and bragging rights. <laughs> and for 50 you get the member benefits card, which is remarkably good at, uh, for discounts at a number of places, or the classic t-shirt, coffee mug, or tote bag.
4: There's so much to be had. Just stick with us for a little bit longer. But right now, the time is 7.33.
5: We'll be
7: right back. Aussie icon Peter Allen coming up now on the Rainbow Minute. Renowned Australian songwriter and energetic concert performer, Peter Allen was born in 1944. In 1959, he and singer Chris Ball formed the Allen Brothers, playing rock and roll on TV and in clubs. While on tour, Allen met Judy Garland and later married her daughter, Liza Minnelli. That marriage would last three years. Allen wrote, I honestly love you for Olivia Newton-John and Don't Cry Out Loud for Melissa Manchester. His 1981 collaboration on Arthur's Theme won both a Grammy and an Oscar. Alan wrote his signature song, I Go to Rio, with Angry Anderson. Alan fell in love with Gregory Connell, who helped shape his flamboyant public persona, encouraging him to wear Hawaiian shirts on stage. Both lives were cut short by AIDS. In 2003, Alan's life and music were celebrated in the Broadway musical, The Boy from Oz. The Rainbow Minute is produced by Judd Proctor and Brian Burns and recorded in the studios at WRIR in Richmond, Virginia, and read by volunteers like me, John Porter. Hello, I'm Michelangelo Signorelli, and
1: you're listening to IMRU Radio Magazine, out front and out loud since 1974, on KPFK FM, 90.7 Los Angeles, 98.7 Santa Barbara, 99.5 Ridgecrest, China Lake, 93.7 San Diego, or streaming online at kpfk.org.
3: Welcome back. You're listening to IMRU Radio.
2: I am Steve Pride.
4: I'm Abby Dees. And
2: I'm Wenzel Jones. And I'm Miss Barbecue. Yes,
5: you are. It is time. <laughs> it is time.
2: Like this on Steel Magnolia's. It's time. You can text or call in to donate to our fund drive today. Today, guys, $10, $25, $50, $75, a dollar. a dollar, whatever you can do. A car. We will be so, so grateful for $25. You get a thank you, thank you for just being a member for 50 You can get a coffee mug or a member's benefit card. For 75 you get Michelangelo Signorelli's book It's Not Over, Getting Beyond Tolerance, Defending Homophobia, and Winning True Equality, okay? Plus, you get, a, from our vault, honey, all the interviews that you can, you can squeeze onto your little phone, on And for a $100, you get Frank, Barney Frank. Yes, the Barney Frank. Frank, A Life in Politics from the Great Society to Same-Sex Marriage. Please just donate, baby.
4: Now, a lot of our listeners have also been very excited about the KPFK Film Club, which is one of the other ways that you can give.
5: Tell me more. It's fierce. I will. <laughs> the uh,
4: the KPFFK Film Club is available for an annual pledge of a hundred and fifty dollars to the station, and you get so much for that hundred and fifty dollars. First of all, you're invited to attend with a guest of, you know, take your pick, any guest, maybe even one of us. Yes, I could take us. I'm free. Yeah, see? We're always free. (laughs) Diverse films, you can go see their contemporary, classic, wonderful, old Hollywood films. Things that we think will be interesting to you guys. And when we say you guys, we know what an interesting audience you are. So you'll be surprised. We're trying to surprise you with good quality films.
5: And during the pledge drive, if you pledge $50 or more, you can add the film club on for just an additional $100. Yes, and if you break down the price of a movie ticket for two people, you can you come out so far ahead with the film club. Because I don't know what the minimum number they promise is, but the actual number they deliver is enormous.
4: And you can actually check out more about the film club if you want some of the specifics at kpfk.org backslash film club. Um, give, it a, give it a look. See if that's something that you'd like to do. There are so many ways to give. And, and
3: I want to be clear about a few things that we have as thank you gifts. We're hoping we'll give to the station just because you like us. You don't want to keep the sort of programming on the air. But if you're really looking for something specific, go to kpfk.org. There are a lot of things online that are all station gifts. Mm-hmm. And see what's available there. Go on and check
4: it out, but guys. But do call
5: in during this show. And that number again is 818 985 5735. That's 818 985. KPFK.
4: During the break, we were talking a little bit more about the history of Pacifica, and it's really amazing. We've been right at the center of the big moments in our progressive history. We've been investigated by the government. We've been in, we've been attacked <laughs> by the Klan. We were there covering the civil rights movement before any of the major media outlets were doing that, and we were really in the heart of it because our listeners cared. Um, the, the Symbionese you Liberation Army drop dropped, dropped, off, uh, dropped well, well, the, the Patty Hearst yeah. tapes off. You know, of I was stations. watching a
3: documentary Outfest a couple of years ago, and there was a, a thing about the Barneys Beanery protest that happened, God when, when back in the 70s. Yeah. And suddenly the camera panned, and there was this guy with a little recorder in the corner, and he says, I'm from IMRU, and he was interviewing people. Back in like 79, or whatever that was. Was it Greg? Point. No. It was oh. I know. <laughs>
4: It'll be Greg Gordon. I know. <laughs> Shout out,
2: Greg. We but love Greg you. Greg and Lucia
3: did go to the March in Washington, Washington. They did cover back before we had the internet, and they had to like mail tapes to all the other stations to get back to the network.
4: And bringing it back to just everyday stuff. For a lot of people, I know for me when I first came out, and for lots of people now, IMRU is just a place where you know that you're not alone, and you're going to get the real story. Exactly. Well,
3: speaking of story, back to my conversation with Michelangelo, Signorelli. Mike, which is two guys talking guy to guy, and um, we haven't even mentioned sports. Not once. Michael Sams being drafted to the NFL seemed to be going smoothly. Look, everyone's so tolerant, until he kissed his boyfriend on camera.
1: Right. I talk a lot about covering and what the implications of it are. It is a word and a term and an idea that comes from Kenji Yoshino, a New York University law professor. He wrote the book covering in 2006, and I think it was way ahead of its time. And it talks about all minority groups and marginalized groups, women, African-Americans, others, when they attain a certain level of rights, they cover. Instead of showing their difference, they try to fit in. They try to blend in and be like the dominant group to show their team players. And with regard to gay people, he was saying it's sort of like after people come out of the closet, there's still this covering demand. Show that you are just like the straight people. And for us, That means being palatable to them, not showing what makes us different. Well, what makes us different? It is how we express our affection and desire toward each other that makes us different from straight people. So the moment that same-sex affection is shown, that is suddenly a challenge to straight people. And with Michael Sam, he could have assimilated right in. As the first openly gay football player, he had that conventional kind of masculinity. People said, oh, he's just like everybody else. But when he kissed his boyfriend on national television when he was drafted, just like all the other players kissed their girlfriends and their wives, he was attacked and vilified. And, you know, Donald Trump went crazy, politicians went crazy, CNN commentators went crazy, sportscasters went crazy. I think it shows how much more we need to push because we are not accepted as equal. Certainly in in even our relationships, everything is sanitized in popular culture as well. Gays kissing is just a little too much or having sex is a little too much still.
3: Harry Hayes said that being gay was a special, magical gift. But the current dogma from our own advocate organizations is that we're just like everybody else. Are we?
1: I really think that the marriage movement has had a lot of interesting ways that it's challenged people, even as it was asking for something very conventional, marriage. Uh, It's been an interesting thing because it did make straight people think about our relationships more. And it did make them think about our difference. It wasn't saying, we're just like you. It was saying, Well, yeah, we want this same thing, but we have relationships that, you know, involve (laughs) same-sex couples and affection. And I talk about how even asking for a federal civil rights bill, you know, we fall in this trap of saying we should have equal rights because we're just the same as you. We do the same job as everyone else. Maybe we should say, no, we bring something new and interesting to the table.
3: But who is we? Gays and lesbians gain strength by becoming the LGBTIQ movement, but there are very different challenges under each of those letters.
1: It's something I think we've grappled with as a community from the very beginning, how to be inclusive of everybody's issues, at the same time, though, realizing that it doesn't work if we were all separated out because so many of the issues that we work on our issues we have in common that are really about the same thing. Homophobia and misogyny are so connected, and transphobia is kind of connected in with all of that. And so there is a common thread that keeps us together. At the same time, we have to focus on how Different groups are obviously facing very different issues. Lesbians are women, and so as with all women, they are facing the issues that women face, and the women's movement has seen enormous setbacks. And then transgender people, just in terms of Access to medical care and dealing with gender dysphoria, uh, getting money to be able to transition if they need to get surgery or hormone treatment, all of those issues are very important. And, and even workplace issues for them are just extraordinary in terms of how they're treated. And then when you have transgender women of color and then facing the bias of race as well and sometimes dealing with poverty it plays out in such a much more intense way. I talk about how there's been an uptick in violence against LGBT people that seems to be a direct correlation to the increased visibility and marriage equality. In New York, we've seen just a huge spike in the last couple of years. And then among transgender people, it's like three times as high. Transgender women of color three times more likely to be the victims of murder than gay men and lesbians, which has already uh, increased. So it just shows the more intense hatred against them.
3: This is Steve Pride. If you're enjoying my conversation with Michelangelo Signorelli, and why wouldn't you? I'd like to hear more of this sort of progressive programming. Well, I want you right now to pick up your phone and call in your pledge to 818-985-5735. What's that number, Wenzel?
5: That's 818-985-5735, and those last four letters spell KPFK. KPFK. (laughs) And now back to Michelangelo
3: Signorelli. Jan Savage says we're just waiting for old homophobes to die off because millennials are on our side. But isn't it more complex, more nuanced
1: than that? I think we have often glossed over a lot of what is happening with younger people at our peril, probably in in the same way that happened with the women's movement and the African American civil rights movement. We get intoxicated by polls that show younger people support gay rights uh, in much higher numbers. Younger Republicans, the majority, favor same-sex marriage. They don't have this bias and they don't have these issues. And it makes people think, okay, really, this is about just waiting for people to die, right? And then it's all going to be done. But in fact, what I find when I go to some of these conservative conferences Uh, The media never asks the second question. They always ask the first question, do you support same-sex marriage? The second question is, would you support a candidate who is opposed to gay marriage? And they say, yes, if that person supported all my other issues, like cutting taxes (laughs) and uh, immigration, uh, keeping immigrants out or whatever. Just because people say they support gay marriage doesn't mean they won't support an agenda that doesn't support it. And the way we see party politics play out, the Republican Party still is in the grip of religious conservatives, and we still have the vast majority of Republican politicians opposed to gay marriage, the Republican Party platform opposed to gay marriage. They were just trying to pass a federal marriage amendment just a few years ago, and that was part of their platform. And Mitt Romney supported that idea. So even if young people are changing... It doesn't mean that's going to be something the party is going to move away from. And just to use an example, if you asked young people now or 10 years ago or 15 years ago if they support racist ideas or not giving rights to African Americans, they say absolutely not. But then they'll still vote for a candidate who has even made a a comment that's racially biased or supports laws that take away the rights of African Americans. Young people in the Republican Party will tell you they're pro-choice, but then they'll still vote for George W. Bush. So I think we can't rely on this idea of young people saving the day. What do you want readers to take away from your book? I want people to see that in many ways, the struggle never ends. And I know that that sounds daunting, but I actually pose it in the epilogue to the book as something very empowering. Once you realize that you are going to be living in a sort of perpetual state of trying to defend the rights you've won and fight bigotry, it can be very empowering. And learning that you're not living in denial in this idea that, oh, everything is wonderful. It can make you feel very in control. And I want people to sort of get that, that the fight goes on and there's a whole bunch of things we can do individually and together to really transform the society even more. People say, well, some of the ideas are utopian. You're saying that we need to redefine masculinity because of the way it's defined in the sports programs, revolutionize education, teach people about LGBT people. Well, that's starting here in California. And yeah, it's a daunting project to get it in states across the country. But we need to do that. It needs to move into the sports programs. And we do need to change how people think about masculinity, because that's kind of where homophobia and transphobia starts. But I say to people, did you ever think we would be at this point of gay marriage? 25 years ago. So there's an enormous amount we can do. And rather than looking at it as daunting, look at it as, wow, we are transformers. We transform the society, and that's our role (laughs) around gender, around sexual orientation, and we could do a lot more.
3: This has been a conversation with Michelangelo Signorelli about his new book, It's Not Over, Getting Beyond Tolerance, Defeating Homophobia, and Winning True Equality. Find more information at Signorelli.com. This is Steve Pride. Thanks for listening. We are Transformers. That yes. is the point
2: I love. I, I love that. I'm going to start putting that on stuff. So well, You are Miss Barbecue, the Transformer. That's right. Yeah, I, I, I had that before, but Facebook made me take it down.
3: But I think <laughs> listeners to the station are Transformers, too. They're yeah. not people who are to set
2: back and just let life happen to them and let the political machine grind them down. Absolutely. And two snaps up to Anonymous for donating $125, honey.
4: Anonymous, the Transformer. Anonymous,
5: <laughs> Anonymous, Transformer.
2: Transform, baby. Thank Thank you so much, Anonymous. This was, was, was he as such eas- a good book.
5: I was just wondering, is he as easy to talk to as he was to listen to? He sounds he like it. I mean,
3: yeah, he's a sweet guy I've known him forever, and he is so smart and so nice. You know, he was one of the first members of Act Up back mm-hmm. in, the, in the in the AIDS in the pandemic. Dizzle. Yeah, in fact, he's credited for creating outing, but that's really not true. It's an old wives' tale.
5: Oh yeah, because that's sort of where I remember the name first appearing in my. On my radar,
3: he was very a- an advocate that said that if we have hypocritical politicians who are not funding AIDS but they're sleeping with rent boys, it's okay to out them. That but would h- be the, the word. Was a- wasn't the word he used, but okay to reveal. I know. Uh, and actually, hypocrisy.
5: Abby was saying uh, during the the um, the interview that Barney Frank and Michelangelo Signorelli have very different approaches to this whole. Make Getting in everybody's face or playing by the rules. And I
4: agree with them both. Yeah. I so mean...
5: why not buy a copy of each book and compare and contrast yourself? <laughs> Write <an laughs>
4: essay.
7: Only, I only $75 <laughs> will get you
5: the Michelangelo Signorelli book with uh, the From the Vault CD that has 10 hours of gay history. More gay history than you probably even know about. And a hundred dollars will get you the Barney Frank book with the add on of an hour long interview, the unedited version, with Barney and our very own Miss Abby Deed.
4: I, yes. I really think that between the Barney Frank interview and the Michelangelo uh, Signorelli interview that you just did, Steve, it really is a the up-to-the-minute look at where we are as a movement. I mean, it's a perfect little time capsule.
0: And just a few months
3: ago, we had David Mixner, who worked in the Clinton White House and helped get him elected. And that was kind of where we were. And he was very revealing about who we should trust going forward. So I think on this show, we've really hit the trifecta. Yeah. And I want to mention this just because it's a little off topic, but David Mixner will be coming to L.A. He'll be appearing at the El Rey Theater on June 11th. Oh, no! Oh, so nice. right the yes. corner. Oh, my goodness.
4: Now, Doing I, your show,
3: Oh, Hell No, which I saw in New York. It's amazing. I want to see that. It sounds
2: amazing.
4: And I just want to remind folks, if you're feeling the spirit move you to send a little love our way, you can call 818-985-5735, or if you're more... Inclined towards letters, that's 818-985-KPFK. Or you can
2: text us at 20222.
4: Is that it? it, Yeah, you just
5: text KPFK to 20222. $10. dollars could be quicker. could be easier. And you
4: don't have to have a thank you gift. We just offer that to you because we do want to say thank you. It means a lot to us, but... If you just feel like sending us that love, we'll take it.
2: And we all love doing what we do here at KPFK, and especially like here, are here? At, at IMRU. We've become such a family over the past couple of years on, on going out there and finding out information and bringing it back to you and reporting the news and, and trends and so forth that we want to keep doing what we're doing. And we hope you love that we're what we're doing. And so go ahead and pledge, y'all. Go on and take out that person pledge, girl. I'm glad and, you mentioned the news because that is something very unique that we offer
3: every single week. Yes. The national and international news from this way out, which is really us, let's yeah, face it. Mm-hmm. We basically We produce it we with Greg Gordon hat. and yeah, and we read
2: it. So so a, a lot of moving parts in this show. Yeah, and we all make it happen just for you guys. And that
5: news goes out all over the world. It doesn't just play here on our show. And we report about,
2: around the world news, too. Yeah. That's the thing. I love that. But That's you one know of my favorite parts.
4: One of the, you know, I think we've mentioned it already. We, the contributors to this show, don't typically take money for it. We do it because we care about this right. stuff as much as you do. And we feel a very strong connection both to the stories and to the listeners. So when we go out, we go to, to Pride and all that stuff. When people come up to us and they tell us they've been listening, it means everything oh to us. Oh, my gosh. It's
2: the tea, girl. It's and, the
4: tea. you know, if you give us a call and make a pledge of anything, really, honestly, anything that feels comfortable to you, we one dollar... It just means a lot to hear from you and know that what we're doing matters to you.
5: But if you are feeling particularly flush, don't forget about the KPFK Film Club because with any pledge of $50 or more, you can add the film club on for only another $100. So that's two tickets to movies all year all over town, all different kinds of genres. It's a terrific little add-on. And Donna who runs it brings in amazing films. She does. New She's, and a shout out
2: to Donna, hey girl. Hey. We need some Miss Barbecue
5: films coming up this year.
2: <laughs> I have a couple of films coming.
5: We do I have, you have a Miss Barbecue show coming up yes, for Hollywood Friends? Yeah, I do. I have a
2: show coming up for Hollywood French I'll I'll be promoting that soon. So
4: we're so. going to be hearing more about the show? Yes, we will. Incoming shows. That's another yes, reason you need to stay listening. Okay, <laughs> exactly.
5: so one out? last time, call 818-985-5735. That's 818-985-5735. Which spells KPFK, and pledge us some love, please. Pledge love. That's it. Pledge love.
2: All our rubber right. Sticker. You
5: can buy our love. Yep. Mine. <laughs> to... Mine can be had for remarkably little. Uh, so our thanks <laughs> we'll to tonight too. <laughs> <laughs> it's time to say good night, kids. It's time to say goodbye. Our thanks to tonight's director Michelle Marie Gilkerson. MMG. Yay. MMG. Our PA and social media master Maddie McLaughlin. Hey. Coordinating producer, Steve Pride, who stands before us. That's right. Our Radio Minute producers, Judd Proctor and Brian Burns. And tonight's board op, Alejandro Hernandez. Thank but you, Alejandro. most important, thank yes. you to our listeners and you. everyone who's supporting KPFK during this fun drive. Follow
2: us on Facebook. Please follow us on Facebook at I Am R U Radio, where the link to the latest show, which is tonight's, is posted by noon tomorrow, every Tuesday.
4: We bid adieu tonight with a song from OutSinger songwriter Jamie Anderson about the virtues of public radio that's called Better Than Chocolate.
5: It is. Good night. night.
8: Better than chocolate. Better than a hug. Better than kittens. And other mushy stuff. It's better than ice. July day, better than the Detroit Lions finally winning a game, I think you should know, I'm talking about public radio. Radio. JLo and sexy underwear. Now you know I'm talking about public radio. Video dial, No cash, no check. They just smile. They think it's free. If that was true, this is what you hear. So let me make this clear public. good in tight pants but how would you know (laughs) it's radio